Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Amy, we talked to some guests on the podcast who are extremely funny. And we talked to some guests on the podcast who are deep and serious. But sometimes we have a guest who is both of those things, Amy. Oh my gosh, you're so right. Uh, A nexus, shall we say, of hilarious, but also deep and full of insightful takeaways. Like a mind shaft right down to the real, right? Well, uh, Tiffany Jenkins does that like nobody else. Exactly. And it's kind of like you get beckoned. It's like a siren song. You get beckoned in by the funny and then, oh, look at me. I'm learning things. We talk about in this episode, I asked her about her sort of dual audiences. So Tiffany Jenkins has a huge audience uh, for her hilarious mom content. And she has also a huge audience for her complete, honest talk about addiction and recovery. Yeah. And we talked in this episode about how there's people come to her for different reasons, but it is that she does both, that she is both, right? That you come to her for the funny mom content and then realize she's like living the struggle sometimes. And the people who come to her for living the struggle see like, oh, but you can be on the other side and like talk about your kids and have a hilarious, fun, full life. Like she, it's the full package that makes her so fascinating. Yeah. And I think so much of what we talk about on the podcast is being authentic somehow, finding that authenticity for ourselves that we have. A lot of us have changed roles. You know, I mean, I got married late. I had had this whole other life and and it feels sometimes like, okay, pack up old Margaret and put her on the shelf in the back room. And new Margaret has a minivan and sings, you know, funny songs to kids and is slightly (laughs) dying inside. And I think Tiffany gives us such a great window into, hey, you can be anything. And also like PS, you don't have to be hot mess, don't know where my kids are, hair looks crazy, and I haven't washed my clothes in days to be a mom either. You can actually find this like joyful authenticity at the center of whatever kind of mom you actually want to be, which I feel like is so much of what we're searching for on this podcast. Tiffany Jenkins, her hilarious meetings, the videos where she has the different parts of her brain having a morning meeting. I mean, it's all about owning and loving all parts of yourself, which I could do a little more than I do. So listen to this episode and then spend some quality time on Tiffany's uh, socials and just have a fun day of diving into all things Tiffany (laughs) Jenkins. We highly recommend it. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fresh Take from What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we're talking to Tiffany Jenkins. She's the creator of Juggling the Jenkins, a blog with a huge social media following. And in her memoir, High Achiever, The Incredible True Story of One Addict's Double Life, Jenkins provides an up-close portrait of the mind of an addict and the devastating effects of narcotics. Tiffany's YouTube channel and Facebook page have almost 4 million followers combined, and she is also the co-host of Take It or Leave It, a parenting podcast that tackles marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Tiffany lives with her husband and three kids in Sarasota, Florida. Welcome, Tiffany. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Hi, Tiffany. Hello. It's a very serious podcast bio intro, but we know you're laid back and cool like that. <laughs> Listen, it sounds like they're describing someone that isn't me. I was like, I need to jazz that up a little bit. We're like, now, Tiffany, tell us how to raise our children and make it all turn out OK. Yeah, exactly. What's happening? Yeah. We were on your podcast, Take It or Leave It. I remember. So much fun. And we talked a lot about kind of being yourself while being a mom. And I feel like our audience knows you, but if I was describing you to someone who didn't know you, I would say that you are like the world's leading expert in being a real person and also being a mom at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I like the way that you integrate like this is what it's like to be a human, but then also have like a loving and fun and fraught and difficult relationship With your children. Yes. And so what brought you to this life of being a YouTube sensation, a Facebook sensation? Thank you. Overall social media (laughs) goddess. Just, yes. Supermodel Oscar winner. (laughs) It's not easy. An EGOT. Yes. I mean, listen, we couldn't get it to it all in the bio. Okay, people? (laughs) I think I started the same reason everybody else starts. And that is, you know, that there's some realness lacking on social media and you want to put some real out into the world. I was comparing my life to what I was seeing online and I was like, okay, I'm failing because people are getting dressed every day and going places and I have not gotten off the couch once and I can't figure out what is wrong with me. And then I realized nothing was wrong with me and that everybody was just showing like their best parts. Mm -hmm. And I found that the more honest I was, the more people loved it. And it was so weird to me because I was like, wait, you like that I don't brush my hair? This is perfect. Because <laughs> I'm already doing that, not brushing my hair. Exactly. You have the rare ability, though, Tiffany, like a lot of us, if we just show the less curated sides of ourselves, it's just kind of sad or depressing, or at least we fear that it would be right? right that nobody would like us if we show that. And I feel like what well, you're funny, so you can be your real self. And it's still hilarious, even if it's a little bleak sometimes, too. You're not afraid to show us that. But it's because you you can somehow, I don't know, like we look at you and it's like, if she can do it, I can do it too. That's awesome to hear. And it's very confusing to me because I don't understand the hype Mm. surrounding me because I all day on social media, I'm like, oh my gosh, that lady's just like me. She reminds me of me. You know, you showed me, I don't want to put you on blast, Mm. but you showed me what's behind the curtain. (laughs) And I'm like, yeah, I get that. And it's (laughs) the same thing. Do you know what bugs me? This is off topic. There is no topic. So there's no such thing as off topic. So since this whole be yourself thing has taken a hold, I've noticed that some people are trying really hard to give the appearance of being a mess when they aren't. Because Oh, I'm so glad you're talking about this. I'm so glad you're talking about this because you are preach. Yeah, it drives me 
crazy because I'm like, I feel like they're doing it only because they see that the rise in popularity and it bugs me because I'm like, don't pretend to be something you're not. If you are good at keeping your house clean and you enjoy waking up and putting makeup on and getting dressed, be that person. Don't pretend to be a mess just to relate to the masses because we can see through your bull. Right. And it's that authenticity. I will say before we got on, we just get on three minutes beforehand and kind of talk through stuff. And Tiffany said, we see each other on video. You guys don't see us. But she said, oh, the room behind me is a little bit of a mess. I have a screen that I bought from Amazon because I am in my bedroom that is like absolutely a hoarder's nightmare of laundry and unmadeness. And so we were laughing and I was telling her where to go buy a screen so you can just hide the disaster that is behind you. Because there are elements and arenas of our life where we don't want everybody to see what's really going on, which is also fine. And then Amy is in a very clean and lovely room. Yeah, we talked about this um, when we were on Tiffany's podcast. Like this is genuinely who I am, right? And for me to try to like act more messy to be more relatable, then yeah, that's not genuine for me. But I'm the room I'm in is neat because it's my kids room is away at college and nobody's in here right now except me. It's my new <laughs> office. But the reason I even bring it up is because I think that people think in order to be successful, you have to be super relatable to people. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that just like me not knowing what I'm doing and being a little bit of a mess was relatable to some people being tidy and taking care of your things is also super relatable to a group of people. And so I guess my message is just be who you are, dude, no matter what it is and the right people will find you. But if you try to live a life that isn't yours then it's miserable and that's why it's so freeing to me to just put myself out there because I don't have to ever pretend to be something that I'm not. And it makes it, so easy. I think that's right. And I think for other moms, we sometimes think there's a lot that goes on with like mom categories and cliches and you fit into one and some are good and some are bad. And right now we're kind of on like hot mess mom rising where we're all supposed to be like, we don't care about our houses. We're so relatable. Yeah. But I have friends who are like, in the PTA and love their clipboards and their superpowers organization. And maybe they left a corporate job and now they're like running the school and thank God because they're keeping it running. And they don't also have to fall into the cliche of like, they're the annoying suburban loser mom who thinks that kids education is important. Like that's not a thing. Right. I agree. And I feel bad because when I first started making videos, I would make fun of PTA moms and stuff like that, because I thought it was hilarious. But the longer that I've done this, it's weird how my content has changed because I try not to isolate those certain groups anymore. And Mm -hmm. I say that, but I feel like I also still kind of do it and maybe should work on it a little bit. But I don't think so, though. I think it's part of the universe of like, I have a mom friend who's really just hilarious, like into her linens and like really into her kids. And, you know, at some point she was like, oh, it's so hard when they go on the trip to Washington. We have one overnight trip for the eighth graders. And I was like, why is it hard? She's like, they leave. And I'm like, no, I'm still not understanding. Like, What's the problem here? And so, I mean, we always get together and I'm always like, are you still into your kids? You know, like you're and it's fine to acknowledge that like we're all annoying and we're all okay. Yeah. And I think that both of those things are true. I like that. I mean, 
Amy and I have a lot of that between the two of us. Like, okay, Amy, like you're really into, you know, cooking food for your children. Fine. You know, you know what? I'm seeing this play out right now. So I keep talking about this, but my oldest left for college this fall. And the people who sort of are on the Internet still like talking about like empty chairs at empty tables and like really mourning it. There's part of me that's like, oh, like, please, like, get a light. But that's their experience. That's real to them. Right. And I'm not going to pretend to be somebody who's still like organizing the baby photos into albums and, you know, and remember every moment. But I shouldn't judge them for that because I don't think it is an act. Just like my like, you know, room isn't an act. It's deeply who we are. But that must be something about us and ourselves that we are sort of irritated by people who show us another possibility of another way of doing things. Maybe because mm-hmm. like, oh, but maybe I should be neat. Well, maybe I should be crying more that he left. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I'm going to be one of those people when my kids leave. Aww. I've been saving all their baby clothes so that I can have them made into a quilt <laughs> so I could just snuggle it and cry when they leave. <laughs> but my kids are still young and cute. We haven't gone through the nightmare stages yet. Of How old are your kids? Five and just turned seven. And I have a bonus daughter also who's 10 and getting ready to burn the house down with her attitude. (laughs) Yeah, I will say I have 9, 11 and 13 and Amy's kids are 13. What is it? She's 14 today. 14, 17. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birth giving day. But I feel like so much of what we talk about on the podcast is like it gets better. It really does. Like it keeps getting better. And yes, they kind of turn on you. And I mean, I am shocked. I had a one of my kids, my daughter was like, Mommy, I, I just wanted to tell you how pretty you look today. She was that little, you know, just that angel child. Yeah. And she is starting to roll her eyes at me. And it is shocking. Like, yes. I can't believe that, like, the changeling has been taken by the fairies and like they gave me an eye roller. But even that, we are able to now sit and have long conversations about weird stuff. And it's a dream come true. You know, I mean, I think it changes, but mm. I don't know. I haven't I don't think either of us has had the experience where like your kids suddenly like turn on you, become different. They just evolve. Really? That's reassuring because it's that thought that keeps me going on days when I'm overwhelmed Because my kids are at the age where they're like, mommy, 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 Mm -mm. mommy, watch this. Mommy, (laughs) mommy, hold my hand. Mommy, come tell me a bedtime story. And so I'm like, okay, Tiffany, one day they're going to slam doors and have attitudes and not want to even talk to you. So just embrace this moment while you can. And they will. But I think on the flip side, you'll be sitting down with them and having like a conversation about something really deep and it'll blow your mind and make you so happy. So it's like the the good comes and the bad goes and the bad goes and the good comes. That's to me what kind of happens. That's awesome. That gives me Amy's got teenagers, though, so maybe I'm just delusional. (laughs) Her face is very scrunched up right now. And yeah, she's a little bit like, okay, cut it out, Meg. It gets so much worse. I have resting scrunch face. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that's it. When your kids are around all the time you can't like enjoy every moment of them being mommy 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 it just like you're not going to hate every moment when they don't need you as much anymore sometimes it's awesome oh listen this is making me feel so much better and it makes so much sense what you're saying just like you can't enjoy every moment while they're all over you you won't hate every moment when they're not no that's amazing you will really hate some for sure <laughs> let's be clear people you will really hate some oh 
in your videos, I think our audience is familiar with a lot of the stuff you do. I love the sort of inside Tiffany's mind videos where you are sort of processing the different characters that show up. Talk to tell our audience who might not have seen them what these videos look like and like what they're about for you. So when I put these videos out, I was like, this is going to seal the deal that I'm crazy (laughs) and everybody's going to know that I'm not. And it's either going to be a make or break moment. (laughs) And I was completely overwhelmed with the amount of people who related to it. And it makes me sad and happy at the same time because I know I'm not alone. But basically, I felt for a long time like my brain was conspiring with all my mental illnesses and all my little quirks to kind of destroy my day. And I lay awake at night and I'm like, how can I make this something that people will understand without just telling them? Because that's boring to me. Right. And so then I realized I'll give each of my quirks and my mental illnesses their own character. And I will show the morning meeting in which they conspire to destroy my day. (laughs) (laughs) We'll link to a bunch of them in the show notes. They are so funny. I want to take a break and talk a little bit more about this serious topic with a funny take. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses. First two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist-approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E. Lumen.me and use the code Fresh at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. Okay, we're back. We're talking to Tiffany Jenkins. And how is it? I mean, you... In your book, you talk a lot about addiction, recovery, mental illness, really difficult topics. 
was it a conscious choice to be like, but I'm going to really crack people up talking about those things? Like, because that can be a really fine line to walk. Like people don't always want to mix humor with such serious and heavy topics. Mm, Yeah. I can't help it. If you are like a funny, silly goose, then you know that it's nearly impossible to keep humor out of it, no matter what it is. And I don't know if it's a coping mechanism, like, oh my gosh, I got to break this tension with a little weird joke or what it is. But I knew that by just telling people, it would just like scare and jar and traumatize them. And so I was like, you mean talking seriously and being like, I have an addiction and I have these issues and this is what happened to me. Right. I started by talking about my time in jail. Mm -hmm. And so I knew that if I just told them about jail, it would come off as a lecture. But if I could find a way to make it entertaining and make them see that all these serious subjects don't have to be so serious all the time, then maybe people would listen. And that's exactly what ended up happening is they listened. And people would come to my page because they saw my funny videos and then they would find out I was an addict and just be like, wait a minute, you don't look like an addict. You don't talk like an addict. You don't act like an addict because you seem to have a fun life, I think is uh, that's how I came to you. I saw the like funny, hilarious videos. And then in staying with you realized for people who maybe don't know you, you ended up in jail as a result of like a decade long addiction to alcohol and opioids. Correct. Correct. And so, yeah, it's a very interesting pull in, I think, that you have. That's right. People meet you as like a very silly person. And then there's kind of a very serious story underneath all that. A very relatable person, right? This mom is just like me. And then, okay, well, maybe this part of the story isn't just like me or is it? And that's, I think, the whole thing. My goal is to make people who at one point thought all addicts were lost causes and that there was no hope and that they're all bad people, make them realize that they're human and a life after addiction is possible and that it doesn't have to be how their story ends. And so if somebody finds me relatable and then finds out about my super dark history, I think there's a little lesson in there somewhere about empathy and understanding that everybody's been through something and you don't know what it is. And we're all the same running around on a planet having no clue what we're doing here, what we're supposed to be doing. And I'm just honored that people are able to shift their perspective after meeting me. Yeah, it's an incredible gift to people. And then you are offering that to other people through your Recovering Beautifully series, which is just awesome. Tell us about that. Thanks. People were so amazed about my story and they were praising me all the time. And I'm like, you do know that I'm not the only one. (laughs) You know, this is a macrocosm thing, right? There's a lot of people out there doing this. Yeah. And I thought to myself, man, if they're impressed with me, I got to show them, you know, what else is out there? Because there are millions of people every day doing the exact same thing that I'm doing, kicking butt and taking names and recovering and I just I'm in front of the camera that's the only different so I started asking my community to send me their stories of recovering and they sent you know I accept submissions not just about addiction but about everything any kind of adversity where somebody might think this is how the my story has to end but then they keep going and create an awesome life That's how I first found out that this was something that you covered because I have a close friend who's in recovery 
And she said, oh, Tiffany Jenkins, she does this incredible material. And I said, Tiffany Jenkins, who does like funny mom videos, but I don't think that's the same person. And this person's like, no, it is the same person. And this person, that's why they came to you, right? They weren't like, what? There's a story of addiction here. This person came for that content. So what are you offering the people who come to you for that reason through this memoir and honesty? I mean, it's a whole other set of things, I suppose. It's very tricky because when you get into what we do, it's like you kind of know who your audience is and what they're there for. But with me, I never know if they're here because they're in recovery and they want help or if it's because they're a parent and they want to laugh. And so it's so intertwined recovery and parenthood in my own personal life that weave in and out. And I just sprinkle a little bit of each on whatever topic I'm covering. And it is definitely challenging. There were some people when I headlined my own tour who thought they were coming to a comedy parenting show. And then I was like, and then and just like telling my dark (laughs) story. People are like, where are the mom lols? (laughs) Yeah. But they're there too. Dark. Yeah. There was both for sure. But I feel so grateful because with the material that I talk about, the emails that I receive from people are so deep and so heavy. And people come to me when they're at their, you know, and the email subject lines are, you're my last hope. Please help me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even get out of bed yesterday. I can't help you. I can't even help myself. And so I just, I let them know like there's, I'm not a doctor. I can't save you, but if you're ready to change, here are some places and information that you may find helpful and I'm sending you love. And if I can do it, you can do it. At first, I tried to save every single person. Yeah. And then it sucked the life out of me. I have a question about that. Like, how is it like you? I think there's an intimacy in podcasting and in being on Facebook and doing videos out of your home with your family, with yourself and presenting. This is my real, real life. Right. And true. Yeah. Yeah. That people identify with you as a friend. It's very different than being a celebrity. It's like people see you as someone who is part of their life. But that's a big responsibility for you. And the I mean, you're talking about millions of followers. You can't reach into other people's lives and offer them a handout of anything. You have to. How do you balance that? Not well. (laughs) Good answer. I'm a people pleaser by nature. Yeah. And so I just want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to like me. And I know this about myself. And so it's very challenging because when I see someone struggling. I know that there's a light at the end of the tunnel and I want them to find it. But me and my therapist are working on the saying, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. And if you spend all your energy trying to pull the horse to the water and they don't drink, it's going to destroy you. And so just use your message as an example and make sure you're taking care of you because your family is most important. And so I'm trying hard. There's, I don't have a team. I want so badly to get someone to help me kind of navigate these emails and sort them and stuff. Yeah. But they're so personal and so deep that I feel like I would be betraying the trust of those who are sending them by having someone else look at them. So I'm just every day I'm like, I'm going to hire an assistant. And then I don't. And, you know, yeah, I have no clue. But I get that. It's so deeply personal. And then there's a whole... I mean, from what I know about the recovery process from the outside, there's often things that you're covering up, you're self-medicating, right? And then once you get rid of that problem, then you have 
the other problems, which are the things you've been sort of sublimating the whole time, all of a sudden your anxiety is there and you're dealing with it in a very naked way, right? That's a whole other set of things you have to face. Yeah. And it's nothing that I can fix. I think people see me just being happy and living a life after addiction and think, I want what she has. I'm just going to send her a message and have her give it to me. She has a map to the secret door that leads to goodness. Yeah. I lived in a rehab facility for six months and then I lived in a halfway house for six months. And then before that, I lived in a jail for four months. You have to go through your own journey, whatever it takes to learn how to live life differently. And you're not going to get it from me. I can plant a seed, but you have to water it and take care of it and make it happen. I think the anxiety piece, you talk a lot about anxiety. And I think after five years of doing a podcast talking to moms, you know, those word clouds that they do, that's like, you know, people say a bunch of words and it pops up in a cloud. And then the words that people say the most come up the biggest. Mm -hmm. I think if I made a mom word cloud, anxiety would be like the big center word. I feel like when, however long we've been talking to moms, it's like moms, no matter where they come from, no matter what their story of origin is that being a mom is kind of like a wormhole through a rotten floorboard to your own childhood. Then you're trying to keep other human beings that are very vulnerable alive. Then you're kind of questioning like how and why you are where you are. And it's just Amy and I talk a lot about like, how do we talk more about anxiety and offer some sort of solutions? But I think The problem is we have a thing at the end of our podcast. We always say we solved it. Whatever the problem is we're trying to solve. And the problem with anxiety is it's so permanent. Yeah, it feels that way for sure. I had somebody on my live the other day say, I am three years free from depression and anxiety. And I had never heard anybody say that before. I've heard him say three years free from drugs and alcohol, but never from depression and anxiety. And I was like, it took me back a second because it always feels like something that is going to be there forever. And that thought makes me sad. And I kind of tell myself that like, maybe there's no solution where you're going to wake up and everything's going to be fine. But I definitely think that with the right kind of therapy, your life can vastly improve. And they have so many different kinds of therapy out there now. Me and my therapist are getting ready to start cognitive behavioral therapy. So, So good. Have you done it? CBT. Oh, yeah. I have family members who have. I've helped people I live with with it. Yes. So it has helped. Mm -hmm. It definitely does. I can explain a little bit. It's just CBT is it's not like let's spend a year and a half talking about your childhood home. Let's talk about your fear. It's goal oriented and through exposure therapy and different things like that. Let's solve your problem and get you out the door in 10 sessions. Yes. Okay. That's much better than what I thought it was. I heard it was going to be a combination of exposure therapy and something called EMDR. This is what my therapist said to me. It's like a light therapy that you follow with your eyes to go... And tapping, right? Yeah. And I'm at the point where I feel like my anxiety is robbing me every time I try to have an outing with my kids. It's just miserable. Mm -hmm. And I make it miserable for them. And they're not having a childhood because I'm actively ruining it. And it's the truth. And I know that's very dramatic, but they can't enjoy themselves because I'm following them around and yelling at them to be careful constantly and keeping them off of fun slash dangerous things. Dangerous in my eyes, normal in most people's eyes. And so I'm very much looking forward to reprogramming my brain and changing my thoughts before they have a chance 
to manifest into a full blown panic. And I, I think it's possible. Yeah. And it's also change. I saw you on your live, you were looking at your hotel room at the little family and being like, Oh, my God, I would be worried that the alligator was going to eat my child because it was near water. And yes, I bet there's not even alligators in there. But I think a lot of it is changing your behavior and your ability to see that thought and be like, Okay, there's no alley. I'm going to take my minute rather than going right into like, I'm going to fix the alligator attack that is never going to happen. And so exactly I do. You're absolutely right to voice that and push back a little bit. I do not think that you should live with crushing anxiety and that it is normal. I think that anxiety is kind of a chronic condition. I probably don't believe that you're going to be free from anxiety, free right. from it. But I do think it's something worth dialing in on. And it's something that if it is controlling your life as it has in my own life, it is something that is worth working and putting a tremendous amount of work towards because life is better with less anxiety. I will also put in your path that I think my anxiety has gotten a lot better as my kids have gotten older. That's really great to hear. Yeah, because it's just they're not quite so like they're going to go lick the light posts like they're not going to do that you know they're a little more functional i know when they start driving and stuff people tell me then they're out and again out of your control and it gets scarier yeah that's very reassuring and just so many of my followers are saying you know my anxiety is destroying my relationship and my husband doesn't understand and i ask i'm just like okay what are you doing about it like because for me for a long time and i've used this analogy so much that it's probably going to make people who know me throw up in their mouths. But (laughs) I was using my anxiety like a sword and I was just cutting everybody around me and then expecting them to just be okay with the bleeding. Mm. And it wasn't fair. Yes. And I would use it as a crutch. I have anxiety. I don't know what you want from me. I can't help it. This is just how my brain works. And if you love me, then you'll accept me and my anxiety. And I didn't realize that nobody's going to want to help me unless I'm willing to help myself. And as soon as I started putting the work in and my husband saw me putting the work in, he was more understanding and empathetic towards me. And again, it's just me and my husband. So not, but in my life, once he saw me trying to go to therapy and listening to YouTube videos about it around the house and trying to find ways to improve it, he was much more like, what can I do to make you feel better in this moment? Because he knew that I was trying Yeah, it's great. And also, I think you're using it as a sword. And also, I think for a lot of us, it becomes like, I'm the one keeping them safe. You don't know that I'm the one keeping them safe from the alligators. And that becomes sort of another form of gatekeeping. And like, you know, if you're keeping them safe from stuff that's not going to happen, you know, when I'm just like driving with my husband, we'd be like, be careful around this bend. There could be a turkey in the road, like whatever. Like, yes, that's not a thing. But if I'm busy, like I'm making up 400 imaginary scary things and then yelling at you because you're not worried enough about them. Exactly. Guys, I'm just going to put this in your path. It doesn't lead to marital bliss, as it turns out. I have seen this really help. I had a, a family member with chronic pain, like very bad chronic pain and had to go to CB for that. I mean, talk about like something you just have to make peace with and changing your story around pain that when you have a bad migraine or something that it's like, this will never get better. I will always be like this. This will get worse and worse and I won't know what to do. Addressing those stories you tell yourself and coming up with your CBT. with And when I feel that way, I'm going to say, no, now I think this. I saw it change this person's relationship with their chronic pain. It really can help. 
That's amazing. A therapist suggested giving the voices in my head silly voices. <laughs> it was the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But then when I started doing it, I was like, oh, because I'd be like, oh, my gosh, the kid's going to fall off the edge of the pool and hit their head. And then they're going to be paralyzed. And then I said it again. And well, my kid's going to jump <laughs> off the side of the pool. And I was like, it does sound silly when I say it in that voice. <laughs> and it really helped in the moment. How silly it was for me to worry about something that wasn't really in front of me. Oh. And so I've been practicing that for like a week and it's been hilarious and ridiculous. And I haven't told anyone that yet. I have an observation for you about that. We're going to take a break. I'll be right back. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used hero bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. Amy, when I'm dehydrated, I get headaches. I get cranky and I don't feel good in general. Also, I am dehydrated a lot of the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> because being good with the water bottle is one thing, but getting that sodium and potassium with the fluids, turns out that is the key to saying optimally hydrated. So whether you're looking to hydrate during your workout, while traveling, or at the end of a long night, Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes have got you covered with over 65 trace minerals, seven essential vitamins, and coconut water powder. Crisp and refreshing without any sugar, this is hydration powered by Sports Research. Each box has 16 little stick packs that you can take on the go, whether you're headed to an exercise class, a night out with friends, or a podcasting conference. And did we mention they come in delicious flavors from raspberry lemonade to cherry pomegranate? Stay hydrated with Sports Research Hydrate Electrolytes. Visit sportsresearch.com and use the code WHATFRESH at checkout for 50% off your purchase of Hydrate. That's S-P-O-R-T-S-R-E-S-E-A-R-C-H.com, sportsresearch.com, and use code WHATFRESH for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. We're back with Tiffany Jenkins. We were talking before the break. It seems to me that this voices in your head and silly voices is what you've been doing. Like, this is oh, what you've been yeah, doing. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, are you are already working through this stuff in your head by putting it literally in video form and watching it? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I already have all the answers. Yes. You're done. Solved you're done. It. Just take a nap. <laughs> take a nap. Have a snack. You're all set. You're healed. <laughs> Nothing else to be concerned about at this point. Perfect. 
Thank you. I feel so much better. I'm glad we could do this for you today. Whatever money you were going to send your therapist, write to the What Fresh Hell podcast account, please. You got it. Yeah. We'll be sending you a bill. Tiffany, tell us about your tour. Tiffany's on a tour right now called My Name Is Not Mom. Yes. I am on a tour with two other awesome funny ladies, Meredith Masony and Dina Blizzard. Meredith had the idea to get us together because much like the three of us here on this podcast, the three of us women have children in different stages. Mm. So I've got young kids, Meredith's got middle kids and Dina has older kids. And we thought, how crazy would it be to put on a show for moms, no matter what age their kids are, no matter what phase they're in that they can come to and laugh and have it be relatable. And so we're getting people out of the house and making them laugh and making them forget about the craziness of the world. And it's been so much fun. I didn't know Dina that well before we started and we've gotten really close and she's very wise. And I find myself looking to her for advice on almost everything. Like I can't explain it. She reminds me very much of my mother, not that she's old, but the way she has an answer that's so logical for everything. And the way she says it is very calm. And She's the opposite of me. So I'm like, oh, no, this chicken is not cooked all the way through. It's okay. I just won't eat. And she'll be like, "Um, no, excuse me, ma'am. This chicken is raw and we're not trying to get salmonella today. So can you please take it back? Thank you. And she just shows me how to like ask for what you want. It's very inspiring. And Meredith and I, we've always been friends. So me and her room together, even though we have a choice to room separately. We're like kids. Amy and I are like that. We travel and we could room apart, but we're bunkies. Too much to discuss. Bunkies. Are you finding the women who come to you, my name is not mom? Are they like, I haven't been outside in 18 months and I am like, I'm out at night and I have a babysitter. Like, are they frantic for connection and laughter in a special way? (laughs) Some of them are. Some of them left reviews and say things like, I haven't been out and I can't even tell you how long. And it was so nice to have a night out with my girlfriends. They get like six friends together and come out. And it's very cool. But, you know, it's also, we're not 100% done in the world. And so different theaters are requiring different things from people. Some theaters are requiring masks. We're being very cautious ourselves on the tour and we're trying to do it as safely as possible because the last thing we want is to be responsible for anybody getting sick. But we realize that there's a need for a moment, just a night. We were doing live shows before COVID, haven't gotten back to it. But even before COVID, there was an energy in the room. I had two close gay male friends of mine come to one of the shows and they were like, yeah, I've never seen anything like that. It was like (laughs) just the energy in the room is like so female, so mom based, so nutty. Yeah. So out of control. I mean, you can literally just mention, you know, I don't know, (laughs) Fortnite or something. And the place erupts with this energy that is just like my friend said, it's like what they used in the 60s. They would call it a happening. Like people would get together and just have these communal like purges of emotions and there is something so magical about that energy and I would just moms in communion I would try to warn the ushers like I just want to make sure that you guys are ready (laughs) for tonight 
because it gets to be a little intense. And they're like, we have rock stars here. We're ready. Relax, ladies. Yeah. No, not ready. You don't know. Yeah. Moms when they're free. You don't know what happens when you get us out of the house. There's a soccer hooligan energy kind of (laughs) to it. It's not like you think like moms, they'll come out, they'll sip wine. No, they'll like they go nuts in the best possible way. I love it. And it's the shared experience, right? And it's in your show and on podcasts like ours and on Facebook pages like yours and YouTube channels like yours where we're talking about something that doesn't get talked about really in other places. So I think it's right when you say Fortnite and 300 women are like, yeah, it's because like, yes, it's real. Me too. We don't usually get it reflected back at us. Yeah, it's very, very cool. One other thing that you reflect that I don't see talked about as much, and it's something I love about you, is that you have a great relationship with your sister. And Amy and I both have sisters, and there's something so lovely about seeing you and your sister together and like just talk a little bit about that like what is that relationship and that energy like what is it about sisters so that's so damn magical people are always like i'm so jealous of your relationship i'm like don't be (laughs) no (laughs) like i don't think people understand my sister and i growing up we would get into like WWF Smackdown mm-hmm. throwing each other over our shoulders, body slamming into lamps. It was of course like we couldn't stand the sound of the other person breathing. And then we got a little bit older and we distanced. And then I got into my drug issues and we distanced. And when I got sober, we slowly started reconnecting. And then it was like we were both mature by then. Well, more mature. I was going to say, I've seen the videos. I don't think mature is the first word that comes to mind. (laughs) When you start at a certain place. I mean, we both matured some. I know what you're trying to say, but let's be clear. Okay. And we're ridiculous together. And I don't know if it's because we've lost our parents and all of our grandparents and all we have is each other. Mm. But we just really feed off of each other we're 17 or 18 months apart and she'll make a face and I'm like, ew, mom. <laughs> and she knows that because her face looked like a face our mom used to make. And she's the only person in the world who will get it. And I'm the only person who gets it. And we have inside jokes from childhood and we're both very weird. And so it works out well. And people love our game night videos. They're so so fun. I keep inviting her over. There's a lot that goes into those game night videos that people don't see, though. Like, we'll play for three hours. And there's lots of me being like, Mm. oh, this isn't funny. This sucks. We got to play another game. And there's lots of her talking me off the ledge. And then I just clip in the funniest parts. But it's not all what it seems. Mm, That's a good insight. Well, it's like anything. It's like people with their kids, people with, I'm sure you guys still fight, get on each other's nerves, want to kill each other sometimes. But I mean, the joyfulness that's at the center of what you do. Yeah. And it's lovely to see, as we talked about, as somebody who has gone through addiction and recovery, jail, all these difficult things. And I think the joyfulness of sisterhood is something you guys capture really well. And it's not all great either it's like being a mom it's like all these things it's not all great yeah a sister it's a bond you can't really put into words you know yeah 
There's nothing like it. Amy and I both have two boys and a girl, and I woke up like three years after having my daughter in a cold sweat. I was 44 years old at the time. Oh my gosh. And I was like, I woke my husband up at three o'clock in the morning. I'm like, she's never going to have a sister. She doesn't have a sister. And I was so upset because I have two sisters and we just are like, I don't know, weirdo triplets. And it is. There's something about sisters. It's great. She has very lovely girl cousins. It'll all work out. But I do love a sister. <laughs> very special announcement right here on the yeah. What Fresh Out podcast. Aww. Well, it's time to start having another baby. <laughs> sure. No, that's a great plan for me right now. <laughs> special announcement from the Science Magic Vault. From the Science Magic Vault. I'm having a baby. Yeah. Yeah, I will not be having a baby. We will just have to mourn the non-sisterness and move on with our lives, I'm afraid. Yes. Well, sometimes it doesn't always work out great with sisters. I was going to say, that's the other thing that I always think is like, be careful what you wish for. Like, it's not all magic. It's not all game night. Yeah, exactly. Tiffany, tell us about all the different places that we can find you, because I feel like you're... (laughs) You're everywhere. Tiffany is in your living room right now, friends. Like firing on all cylinders. (laughs) You're here. You're there. You're every, everywhere. (laughs) mugshots.com so I'm mostly on Facebook that's my main thing I go live there almost every day I also have an Instagram which is popping somehow and I have a YouTube and if you just Google juggling the Jenkins I'll pop up hopefully and your tour is off it's live it's coming to cities near you where can people find out if they want to see you live yes please my name is not mom.com awesome I think you're coming to New York, right? We are. What fresh all outing? We're going to come see you. It'll be really fun. That would be great. Let us know. We'll get you tickets. Awesome. We'll do it. Yeah. Tiffany, you're awesome. We love talking to you. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks, Tiffany. Thank you. And don't forget to get a screen to hide your real life from people on video. Absolutely. I'm going as soon as we get off here. Awesome. Thanks, Tiffany. Thank you. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of there, life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking